rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2418. Today we're going racing, so buckle up and be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in a very beautiful part of Europe, uh, Salo, Italy, with a very special guest by the name of James Igosi. James, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? 100%. I'm ready to go from 0 to 100 in 3.5 seconds, Mark. <laughs> there you go. And you certainly know how to do that as many times as you've said in a race car. Now, I'm going to give you a proper introduction, and we're going to talk about uh, the racing that you're doing right now. But before I do that, maybe what's one little thing that people don't know about you, James? Well, I don't think a lot of people know this about me, but I'm really interested in computer programming. So I've been uh, studying that over the last few years. So I wouldn't say I'm up to a software programmer's level, but I've been really interested in it. And it's one of my past pastime hobbies. Well, that's good. Well, uh, you know, I've always uh, said in the, the way the world is nowadays, everything is computer driven. Everything has a computer in it, TVs and cars and all sorts of things. So it's good to have some understanding of how these things work. So uh, next time I have a problem uh, with my Mac, I'm going to give you a call. How's that sound? That's a good idea. Okay, there you go. Probably better off next time I have trouble going around a corner fast, I should call you because you're the guy who could teach me how to do that much better. Let me give you a proper introduction. James is a 15-year-old Formula 4 racer who is backed by Giovanni Minardi of the Minardi Racing family, and he's running for PHM Racing. James is mentally tough, rising star, who is uh, from Miami, Florida originally, and of course now living in a beautiful part of Italy, who's competing in the F4 Italian Championship and driving for, as I said, PHM Racing. He started in karting, winning multiple U.S. national championships prior to moving to Europe, where he won two European Championships in the World Series of Karting. James is a first-generation self-taught racer who has overcome many challenges, including a very bad break of his femur. Oh my gosh, at the age of 10. Ugh, that hurts to think about. Uh, he started training uh, at on an SPMI back in 2014 when he was only six years old. Holy cow, we got a smart guy and a fast guy here today. Uh, and he has his eyes set, of course, on Formula One in the future. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. So uh, give them a little uh, love, if you would, and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 
224-9324 and protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and first-hand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, James, we are back. So I want to go first back a little bit in time to set the stage of how you got to where you are now. You started playing in this world of karting, I guess, is where a lot of people start, where you started when you were quite young. Can you walk us through your early years, even though I kind of feel funny asking a 15-year-old to tell me about his early years, because, oh my gosh, you're, you're not even old enough to get a driver's license here in the United States, but here you are driving in Europe. So give us a little bit of a background of what got you into this. Well, um, when I was about three years old, my dad got me a little electric uh, go-kart. Not, I wouldn't say go-kart, but um, you've heard of NASCAR, I'm sure. It was a little electric NASCAR mobile or whatever that I could drive around. It was 48 for Jimmy Johnson. And um, I loved driving it. I would drive it on the streets in front of our house. And one thing I would always do was ask for it to make beam faster and faster. And um, he was a tinkerer, so he would add batteries into it, change the tires, whatever he could to be able to get it to how I liked it. And uh, eventually someone tipped him off to gas go-karts. So that's how the story starts with, uh, you know, gasoline. And as much as I'd like to say I'm a self-taught racer, he taught me everything I needed to know to get started. And he was a massive help to me. And then I just picked up from there. So we got to our first local track in Opalaka, did my first laps, you know, did that for maybe a year or so. Heard of another bigger track nearby in Nuno Homestead because NASCAR races there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, their parking lot used to be a, um, they used to convert it to a karting track. So I raced it when it was a karting track. Now it's permanent. And um, it just kept escalating. Eventually, I was doing races once I was uh, of age. Then uh, eventually, first out-of-state race kept building up until I got called over to Europe by the Tony Kart Racing Team. And uh, here I am in F4. I've been learning as much as I can from everybody because, like I said, first generation. And it's been a journey. That's for sure. Well, no kidding. I mean, I'm trying to think at age 15, I was just worrying about how to raise a little money to buy my next surfboard. I, I can't imagine heading off to Europe at a young age. And I want to do a shout out to a, a, a good friend and his son, Caleb, uh, Brian Canfield and his son, Caleb. Caleb has started karting and I know he's got a big smile on his face right now because I told him you got to listen to this story because Caleb is, I think he's seven or eight years old. Sorry, Caleb, if I got that wrong. Uh, but he has aspirations of following a path of someone like you. So if you were going to offer Caleb a little bit of inspiration for someone who's just starting in karting, what would you say to him? That's amazing to hear about Caleb. I would definitely um, try to inspire him and uh, just explain to him how the hardest worker will win. And you just need to, if you do really what you want to do, that's what you want to do with your life. You need to give it your 110% because if you work hard enough and do the right things, you can really make your dreams come true in the world of motorsports. There you go, Caleb. Hard work. That's all it takes. A lot of hard work, a lot of practice, a lot of seat time. So 
when you think about coming from a family where they were not racers and you're getting involved in this and now you get a call, hey, come over here to Europe. I, it begs me to ask the question of your parents because I'm trying to imagine my son running off to Europe. Now, he did go off to Europe when he was 14 and 15. He did some uh, schooling abroad, but he came back after a month or two. It wasn't like he was living over there. How have your parents been a part of the support here in this process? And now not doing what the normal teenagers do and dedicating because you can't really goof around when you're when you're a young race car driver. I would imagine that uh, that was a bit of a challenge, but I assume your parents have been great inspirations for you. Well, of course, they've been my inspiration, and uh, it was them who allowed all this to happen because we moved to Italy as a family. It wasn't just me going off abroad. They came with me, and we made it our lifestyle. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the, it was a tough decision, but, um, you know, we weighed out the options, and we all just – it was – we was just a family decision. If one person didn't want to do it, he wouldn't have done it. But luckily, all four of us were on board, and uh, we made the move. So you have a sibling? Yes, I have a little brother named Leo Igozi, and he plays golf. So I'm sure someday he'll come onto this uh, podcast with you. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Well, that is it makes the story even more amazing. I mean, talk about dedication. Wow, that's that's really incredible. And and it's part of one of the questions I like to ask people, and that is people that are inspiring to you, aside from your parents and your brother who really came on board to to stand behind you and next to you and support you, which is just spectacular. Has there been somebody in the racing world that's been a big influence in you or for you, maybe a mentor? I've had uh, many influencers over the years because part of uh, being a first-generation racer has been uh, finding as many people to help me as possible and learning as much from them as I can. So yeah, over the years, I've had people in the U.S. that have helped me improve as a racer. Some of those people carried on into Europe and uh, some of those people had to stay in the U.S., but I, the ones I wanted to stay in touch with, I did stay in touch with. It's been a, a many-person journey. Just It's definitely not just me. I would guess so. Now, do you have a specific uh, training coach? Because I know a lot of great racers have somebody like that. Well, in the U.S., um, I started at seven or eight, I believe seven years old in the gym with a personal trainer. Uh, I when, in vac when I go to the U.S. in vacation on August, I still work with him. In Italy, I have a personal trainer, an Italian personal trainer who's a bodybuilder. So I work with him in the gym aspect. And uh, PHM Racing, my team, provides a mental coach who I was working with a couple of hours ago today, in fact. A mental coach. Now, this is fascinating because... I had Dr. Jacques Dallaire on my show. He wrote a great book titled Performance Thinking, where he helps athletes and many race car drivers learn how to be much, much better drivers. And it's all about psychological mindset. You listeners, if you uh, missed that show, you can go back and find Jacques. I think it was uh, guest number 1470. And uh, I think he was, he was actually on the show twice. He was also guest 591. So you can go back and listen to those. You might enjoy that as well, James. And so much of being successful in anything is having a very positive mindset. Now, personal training, physical training is obvious. You have to be strong to be a race car driver. But I, I wanted you to touch maybe a little bit more on this mental health game because I'm trying to imagine being 15, your whole family packs up, goes to Europe, they stand behind you, the training rigors, plus you have to keep your studies up in school, of course, and you mentioned wanting to learn about uh, computers and so forth, but what are some of the key aspects of being successful in driving when it comes to your mental focus? 
Well, for everybody, it's going to be different depending on the character. My mental coach just helps me a lot with the mindset for the racing, being able to, it depends on the situation, but sometimes just being able to put your emotions aside and think of a situation as logically as possible if things aren't going well. It's just really about being able to handle yourself and get the best out of you. So you need to be able to perfectly describe the car even when things aren't going well you need to take your emotions out of it and give proper feedback little things like that that may not seem so important right now but it really is that important right now and it'll only be more important as we continue i would imagine that that translates very well just into basic life because there's things that upset us and when you can't refocus and set your mind you end up with some of the crazy things like we see on social media with road rage and people just going off and getting crazy no matter whatever it is so if you were to offer say a young person listening right now one or two ideas on how to be better at mentally focusing on something during a very adverse time what would they be well, a little uh, trick that I've been that I've been taught is um, to set an alarm for yourself. And at that, once the alarm goes off at whatever time of the day you prefer, just take ten minutes to yourself. Those ten minutes to yourself, just try to find a nice quiet place and be alone with your thoughts. Sometimes you can find peace in it, and just it really helps you reset to move on with your day. If you need it to happen in the morning, so you can carry on with your day for the rest of the afternoon, so be it. Whenever you decide that you would like to have your ten minute rest, you can set an alarm for that. And when it goes off, you take that break. It's really helpful sometimes. You know, that's a brilliant thing, and it seems so simple. Today, we are so enthralled with, let's say, scrolling or, you know, looking at social media or things that just all of a sudden hours go by and you just, you've really wasted a whole lot of time. Setting that little alarm clock on your phone to remind you to stop and smell the roses, I guess, is a nice way to say what you're, you're saying. Have a mental, mental break. Yeah, it's just uh, being alone with yourself, you know, getting back in touch with yourself. If you're stressing something, those 10 minutes can just be put forward to keeping yourself calm. Or if you just want to let your mind carry on to whatever train of thoughts it needs to be on, you let that happen. But it's just a really good way to relieve yourself of any burdens that you've been carrying. Great idea. Well, thanks for sharing that. I think I'll try to give that a try. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Now, challenges are a big part of life in the racing world, professional athletes world, even a bigger part. I would assume that one of the huge challenges that you had to grapple with a bit here is is what you did. You decided to pack up and go to Europe and start a career, a very serious career at a very young age. Would you say so far that's been your biggest challenge in being a professional racer? Yeah, because um, a whole jump across the world wouldn't be considered easy by anybody no, having to no, not learn, a, <laughs> learning a new language, new culture, completely different way of life. But honestly, I found it very appealing. I really like the uh, lifestyle here in Italy. And um, it's been a challenge, but I've enjoyed it very much. And I'm, I've overcome it. I speak Italian as quite fluently. My grammar's a little off, but I'm getting there. And uh yeah, it's. I've, I wouldn't say I've fully overcame it yet, but I'm getting there closer each day, and it's been a it's been a journey, that's for sure. Would you advise? I would assume that when you did that, and when your whole family did it, but for you, that was really stepping out of a comfort zone in the beginning for you, uh, because that that'd be hard for anybody at any age, but at a young age, what would be your advice for? people that have an opportunity put in front of them, but it seems so big and so hard to grapple with of how to maybe look at it differently and take that challenge and step out on that limb. 
Well, uh, speaking of comfort zones, my comfort zone is at the track. Um, so <laughs> there you go. I was just chasing my comfort zone to Europe. So if other people feel the same and they feel like their comfort zone is in their sport, then they need to just chase that and make it happen. Follow your dreams, pursue it, work hard, and uh, put, put all everything you have into it. You know, I'm sitting here listening to you going, I keep thinking this, this guy's 15 years old. You've got a discipline about you. I can hear it in the tone and just the focus, the way you speak. Where did that come from? Well, uh, a bit from my dad. Well, a lot from my dad, I would say. He's uh, instilled in me from a very young age uh, the discipline of hard work. And really, if you want something, you go out there and get it. Even it's even if it's not easy, you need to work for it. So I have him to thank for the discipline that you see in me. And yeah. thank you for noticing. Well, absolutely. He's done a marvelous job. You're very fortunate, for sure. Bravo to your father. Bucket list ideas. Now, I mentioned in your introduction that the big goal at the end, I shouldn't say at the end, but the big goal that you're looking at in a lot of racers are top-level racing. For many of my guests, it's been IndyCar racing or NASCAR racing. Uh, Caleb, I think I'm talking to you. He loves NASCAR. But for you, it's Formula One. So how do you foresee this journey if you could... Well, when you can make it all work, I'll, t I'll put it to you that way, in a positive way. Um, what are the steps pa once you're, you're now in Formula 4? And maybe I should ask this question first before we get too far out of the future for you. Could you explain to listeners what exactly Formula 4 racing is? Because the pictures I've seen of you in the car you're in looks like a very serious race car. Well, um, assuming the listeners know what Formula One is, well, I'll give yep. you a small description. It's just very uh, high-tech, open-wheel racing. And uh, for those who do know what F1 is, you can just imagine a much more stock Formula One car with less complicated rear wings and front wings, side pods, all that. Mm -hmm. And you will basically have yourself a Formula Four car. So it's the same concept of an open-wheel, single-seater with the halo, just a little bit more basic and uh, more friendly to um bigger amount of drivers and uh, it promotes very good racing and it's just part of the theater series path towards formula one so you'll have formula four some people opt for formula regional then formula three formula two and then once you've gone through all that ladder you get to take your spot in formula one there you go absolutely so these cars are very fast right yeah, we're going about, uh, forgive me for saying it in kilometers per hour. I forgot the, uh, I can do a chain. That's I think okay. it's probably 168 miles per hour. Okay. Yep. And I know it's 250 kilometers per hour for my European listeners. There you go. It's fast. Yeah, very, very fast. Uh, spectacular cars. So looking ahead to Formula One, um, if I could wave a magic wand and place you today in a Formula One team, not to put you on the spot, but what team could I place you in? Well, obviously, with the domination by uh, Red Bull Racing, I think that they would be my best, my best uh, <laughs> driving best seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I wouldn't say that I would want it to be easy, but I want to win. So I think that they, I, I would be happiest racing with them right now. There you go. So I like to talk about what I call our special vehicles in your life. And I made the joke, but it's, it's true, I guess. I don't know about Italy, but here in the U.S., you've got to be 16 in most states to get your driver's license. You, you can't even drive in this country legally. Well, yet. if I can make a... If I can make a correction on that, in Florida, I believe it's the same in all the states, but you can have a permit. So when I was 
there in December, I was driving on the streets with my permits license um, as a 13-year-old. You are right. Yeah, both my kids did the same thing. As long as you have an adult with you who has a license, you can do that, which is a, a great thing to do. So, uh, okay, you caught me on that one. <laughs> Good job, James. I've forgotten about that. Yeah, I remember my kids uh, both starting to drive when they were 15 and spent uh, a whole year doing a, putting a lot of miles under their seat. I wanted them to do that uh, in their, in their uh, uh, testing or training I should say, before they ventured out on their own. So is there one special vehicle, if you look back at your racing career, perhaps, that stands out for you? Or maybe it's a streetcar that you have aspirations for. Well, um, it, the special vehicle would be uh, one of my, let's say, childhood vehicles. I'm still, a child, I'm still uh, in my childhood. But <laughs> when I was, uh, you know, nine years old, about I, my dad and a friend of his put together a uh, Honda ADCC shifter car. So they put the engine on a CRG chassis, I believe. Um, it was a manual six gears and it was amazing. I uh, would drive it around the Opalaka and Homestead with no extra weight on the cart. So it would be quite a light cart for the amount of uh, power it had. And that was definitely uh, memories that I'll be cherishing for, cherishing for the rest of my life. Holy cow. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Fast, fast things. I watch those carts uh, in races, and, and I'm just amazing, amazed at how fast they go. And I'll tell you, it's been a while since I've been in a cart on a track. But the last time I did it, I think my ribs hurt for about a week afterwards because of how fast those things go around uh, the track. They're amazing. So if I'm going to crawl into your head and be a bit of a car psychologist for you today, James, what kind of car would you be? But more importantly, why? Well, um, I would see myself as a V8 supercar because, um, you know, the you know, the Australian V8 supercar series, oh, yeah. they're really, very fast cars, furious cars, but most importantly, they're resilient. So they can take a hit. They're not easily deterred and they're willing to continue onwards towards their goal, which is to win races. <laughs> you are succinct. That's for sure. You know, another thing that I've learned after talking with so many people, and I suspect you've probably learned this as well, if not fully, you will as you get older and older, and that is ways to give back and help other people. And I wonder if there's some ways that you do that in your career as you're growing in your racing experience. Well, like uh, like I mentioned, I was a Tony Kart factory official driver back in 2019, all the way to the beginning of this year, in fact. So um, even a couple of months ago, I was visiting them for one of their bigger rate events this year. And I was helping out, giving advice when I can, because I, I'm a graduated carter, but I'm still fresh out of it. So I just remember some of the tips and tricks for various tracks. So I try to help out as much as I can as they're they've been my team for five years. So whenever I can lend a helping hand to them, I always offer it. There you go. I love it. So how about great reading? Uh, we love books here at Cars Yeah, and I already know the answer to this, but there's a great book that, that you're reading right now, right? Yes, um, it's called 10,000 Hours by Phyllis Lane. I hope I pronounced yes. that correctly. Yeah. And um, she wrote a really, really good book. It follows a very nice philosophy. Um, the main concept on this is practice plus time equals destination. And it's just, I'm still reading it, but it's very stressed how what you practice in your daily day-to-day -day life over time will determine where you wind up. So if you practice the right things, you can over time wind up in the, des in the destination that you practice for. 
It's pretty amazing how when you focus on things, whether they're positive or negative, they just seem to happen to you. And I think we all know people who have, let's say, a somewhat of a negative outlook on life, if you will, and everything bad always seems to happen to them. And you want to kind of sit them aside and say, maybe this is why, right? And uh, the 10,000 Hours book uh, by Phyllis, I think, is a a good example of that is, uh, it, it's to me, it's almost an analogy of racing as where you look is where you'll go. Yeah, I mean, it's really, really, like I said, it's prominent, especially in the racing area, because just what you do in your day to day, if you want to take it at the track, what you do at the track, how you go about your business, how you look at the telemetry, if you do it in the right manner, and you know, put your goals and your mindset to where it needs to be, then just over time, you'll progress up the ladder like you intend to yeah you know it it makes me think of something that i'd love to ask you here of how you manage this today's world everything is so exposed and open and for racers like this time you're taking right now to spend with me which i'm very grateful racers are required to do a lot of i won't say social media but socializing with people and I'm just curious how you manage that so that you don't get too consumed by it and too distracted from your racing. Because you see racers being interviewed all over. They have to go do events. Um, the, the week we're recording this is the SEMA show, and there's racers at the SEMA show. They have to sign pictures, and there's all these people pulling at you from all different sides. How do you manage that? Well, time management is obviously the very, the very, the biggest part of the of the trick, I would say. Um, I'm a very social person, so at the track, when anybody ever wants an autograph or a picture, I'm more than happy to give it. Especially when we're at Monza, where we have a lot of fans, I'm always more than happy to offer an autograph to any of the fans. And um, just time management, knowing how much time you can devote, making sure you leave time for the fans and before mm. you have to be on track, devote a 15-minute thing to anybody who wants to come up or you just have to make sure that you leave the right amount of time so you can still keep up with what you need to do, but also devote some time to the people who make it all possible because without the fans, there's no sport. Absolutely. That's for sure. So let's go on the ultimate drive. I'm a bit of an enabler and I've already asked you the question, if I could plant you in an F1 team, which one would it be? But this is a little different. If I can wave my magic wand and put you in any car in the world. Now this could be a race car on a track or it could be a fun drive somewhere in the world. There's some beautiful places to drive where you're living or just north of you up around those lakes in Italy. What kind of car would you be in and who would you be with? Well, I when I started watching Formula One, it was during the dominance of Sebastian Vettel. Mm. So he is my idol. I have gotten the chance to meet him, but I would always want to meet him again. So I would pick him. And uh, since it's going to be two people, I unfortunately won't be able to pick a single-seater formula car. So I would probably pick some sort of uh, rally car or anything that I could be very close to him. And if I could pick who would drive, I would say I would want him to be driving because I would just want to watch a legend at work, you know, see all the things that all his little... It's just, it's amazing to watch an idol drive right in front of you, like, as a co- being a co-pilot to your idol. So that's what I would go with. You know, I don't know him and nor have I had the luxury of meeting him, but I always just looked at uh, Sebastian as just a very nice person. I mean, just a, a great attitude on life, always with a smile, just uh, one of those people that you want to, you wish you could be buddies with. That's my impression of him. 
Yeah, well, that's spot on. Um, he was a Tony Kart factory driver as well. So in 2019, he came with the team to do a couple of laps around Lanado and someone told me about it. So I got to go there and meet him and I probably got five minutes with him at most. And I was starstruck. Like I'm never really at law school for words. Being around him and he talking to him was keeping me speechless. But he is just as nice of a guy as they make him seem. There you go. I, I have no doubts. You know, you made me think of something. I was at the Ferrari factory, the Cliente program, for spent about three days there with a guy I knew who had bought a Ferrari Formula One car. And I went back into one of their garages, and they had a whole bunch of Ferrari F1 cars from the past. And there were two cars sitting in there. There were actually three-seater Ferraris. I'd never seen anything like that before, Ferrari F1 cars. The driver was in the middle, and there was a seat just set back on each shoulder. So maybe you could ride in one of those cars Oh, with Sebastian. Well, I'm not sure Ferrari would have him in there doing that, but it's a neat idea. So there you go. So before I let you go today and get back to your regimen, I wondered if you could leave us with – a success quote or a mantra. You mentioned before relating to the 10,000 hours book, practice plus time equals destination. Is there some other kind of mantra that you practice or words of success you could leave with our listeners today? Well, I'm, like I'm sure you picked up on, I'm a strong believer in working hard towards your goals to make them a reality. So the concept of being the first one to get to the track and the last one to leave is something that I try to live by. Sometimes, you know, maybe I'm not going to show up to the track at 4 a.m., but I try to make sure I put in as much as I can. So that's really what I try to live by. And it's what I've been keeping up with. So with just with what with practice every day, I plan to come to my destination like that. Hard working hard and uh, taking advantage of every opportunity I get. Well, it looks like you're on your way, my friend, doing an awesome job. Uh, I want to know how can people follow you? and learn more about you as you progress in your, your racing and your driving career. Well, for anyone interested in keeping up with me, you can learn more about me at jamesagosi.com. Or if you prefer Instagram, I obviously have Instagram. My handle is at jamesagosi. And I also have Facebook. Should be the same, jamesagosi. There we go. Last name is E-G-O-Z-I. James is easy to find, though, so I encourage you to follow him uh, and take some inspiration from him. And I want to do a, th a thank you shout-out to uh, Kat Fleischman at Dutail Publicity. She's the one that got me together with James today. So, Kat, thank you for bringing a stellar, inspiring automotive enthusiast to Cars Yeah here. James, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk with us today. My hat's off to you, young man. You are on your way. Can't wait to watch you improve and race and win uh, as you move forward in your career. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. See you down the road, Mark. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Cars yeah is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, Tech Force Foundation, through its Veterans at Work Military Transition Campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed, TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. 
Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!